You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Wild Peak AT3W all-terrain tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Up it goes again. Pitnet out the back to Chera. Kick smothered. Pitnet's kick is smothered. It's still in the jam. Walsh got it going forward. Harry Cunningham the other way. Kicks the Swans forward. Newman! Newman takes the mark and here's the siren. It's a roar you can feel from the roots to the rafters of the MCG. Oh, yes, gee whiz, finals have arrived, Bryce Gibbs. Uh, Blues fans were in raptures. I've actually never seen anything like that. They are a different supporter group. So passionate. Carlton by six points over the Swans in a real finals-like game. And Gibber still has a semi from last night. Oh, good morning, Tommy. <laughs> I tell you what, the lid is well and truly oh, yes. off now, isn't it? How good is that? Yeah. It's, uh, the best part of 10 years, our long-suffering yeah. Carlton supporters obviously got to taste finals mm. for the first time last night. And... A win, Tom. Yeah. What a relief. That's just uh, the pressure valve's just released a little bit, especially yes. for Michael Voss and the club. And and now I think job done. On to the next one. On Obviously, to Melbourne. Melbourne, tough game next week. But uh, I think whatever happens from here, from a Carlton point of view, I think it's uh, well and truly been a successful year. So I reckon a lot of damage still can be done, Tom. We'll, mm. we'll dive into the game at some stage. But uh, yeah, from a from a Carlton supporter point of view, um, how good. You could just see the relief yeah. in all their faces last uh, night after uh, the game. Could that get. was my favourite footage from last night when it panned to the crowd. There was a whole uh, section of, of the ground allocated to Ligon Street goers with the Italian dads and their daughters and they're just so passionate. Like I, I reckon that was a real highlight from the game, just seeing the fans in absolute raptures, Gibber. And it was actually a finals-like game, like this third and fourth quarter Really dramatic. Jack Martin, really classy addition for Carlton. And, and the other recruits as well. Blake Akers was, was pretty good too. Yeah, he was fantastic, uh, Blake Akers. He's been one of the pickups of the season. There's no doubt about that. And, and you mentioned Jack Martin, mm. uh, how uh, we know how dangerous he is in the Ford 50 and went back late in the game, took some really crucial intercept marks as, as that plus one. But it looks like they potentially might miss him next week. Mm. He, uh, he's involved in an, an incident where he, he copped one of the Sydney players high and, and it will come under scrutiny from the, the MRO. There's there's no doubt about that. So I've got a feeling he might he might miss next week uh, might get rubbed out for a couple of games yeah look we've got a big show today Gibber and of course we're here for City Discount Tyres SUV tyre deals are on now we're on an outside broadcast mission we've been sent to Harbour Town which we love there's always uh, amazing prices on all sorts of clothing items and uh, really nice food as well so pop down and say good day and we're here at Harbour Town for Solitaire Auto Solitaire Volkswagen Adelaide's largest range of Volkswagen and, of course, Studio Lumo, uh, where our good friend, producer Sammy, is uh, 
riding the ship for us there. Lumo Energy SA uh, is sorry. <laughs> We're powered by Lumo Energy SA, Bryce Gibbs. We Getting are. my uh, papers all mixed up. But it was also another massive game on Thursday night as well with the Pies getting the Chockies against Melbourne. Uh, wh- what did you make of that Braden Maynard in- incident? Yeah, well, just a, a quick word on the game first. Yeah. I think the AFL would be pretty wrapped with getting consecutive 92,000 mm. crowds to, to start this finals campaign off. And, and both games sort of didn't let us down. Uh, both were, were close. And, yeah. and could have gone either way. So uh, it was a fantastic game on Thursday night to kick us off. Melbourne shot themselves in the foot. There's mm. no doubt about that. They dominated a lot of the play for a lot of the night, you know, doubled their inside 50s Collingwood. And and we know that's probably their, their chink in their armour, the, the Melbourne side, the, their uh, forward line. We know Petrarca spent time down there. Obviously, no Melksham, who's been the shining light in, in mm. the last month, kicking a lot of goals. Uh, Bailey Fritch has been in and out of the side through injury. So, um, I don't know. They, they're going to have to try and create something out of nothing, I think, Melbourne going mm. forward, uh, playing Carlton next week. I, I don't know, do you, do you bring Brody Grundy in and just play him at full forward? I know he's not a natural forward, Tom, but yeah. just to give him a, a something to kick to and a just beacon. get him to bring it to ground, get Cozzy Pickett involved, get Bailey Fritch involved. Um, you know, there's uh, Neil Bullen's uh, dangerous at ground level. Mm. Even if he doesn't touch the ball much or kick goals himself, just uh, create a contest because uh, that forward line's not functioning very well at the moment and it cost them on Thursday night. Yeah, I don't mind it, Gibber. A bit of structure for Melbourne. Just even, yeah, if he brings a ball to the ground and gets those smalls involved, they could do that with Grundy. Um, now, Braden Maynard and Angus Brayshaw, he was clearly doing a football action going to smother the ball. Mid-air, Maynard's kind of turned his body a little bit and unfortunately for Angus Brayshaw with uh, the previous record he's had with concussions, we hope he's okay. But uh, yeah, knocked out cold in the middle of the G. Yeah, you're spot on with your your call in terms of it being a football act and I mean, he jumped in the air and he he was trying to smother the ball and the the impact, I mean... At the last second, as a as a play, you, you do want to brace and brace for that contact. Yeah. So that's what Bra- uh, Braden Maynard has done, and yeah, it's obviously got him high. Look, I I don't think he should be rubbed out for that. Mm, agreed. Uh, by all reports, that the MRO is going to send it straight to the tribunal yeah. potentially, and whether they throw it straight out or if they do decide to give him a week or two, uh, there's no doubt Collingwood will, will be all in and, and be trying to appeal this one. And we saw. It happened only last year, I think, with Paddy Cripps. Did a, mm. did a similar type action where he jumped trying to intercept the ball, got the, the opposition player high, and uh, they took it to the appeals board and they got off. So uh, yeah. I dare say we will see Braden Maynard, or I think we'll see Braden Maynard playing in a prelim file, whether it gets thrown out or they decide to appeal the decision. Yeah, it would be a shame if they started rubbing guys out for things like that because that is just simply unavoidable. Plus, the split second, like, what can you do when you're in midair? Not much, Gibber. Well, but, we've seen a lot of the incidents have been decided out, outcome-based, haven't they, whether yeah. you get rubbed out or not. So this is uh, it was obviously horrible to see Brayshaw go down and get and get uh, stretched off like he did. We don't like to see that, but I'm not sure there's much more Braden Maynard could have done in this situation. Yeah, a huge show today, Gibber. I'll dive into that in just a sec, who we've got coming up. But as far as Collingwood concerned, uh, Craig McRae is the 
perfect modern day coach. He's he coaches a little differently, and he's just so positive. He was cock a hoot when he came into his press conference. I want you to listen to this very closely. So this is uh, Craig McRae's presser, and I reckon he's so relaxed. He's sworn. And then straight afterwards, he let Fluffy off the chain. So uh, let's have a listen to Craig McRae. Be plus ten contested ball at quarter time. Yeah. Game on your terms there. Look, I just I had to temper my confidence to be going into the game. To be honest, I just I just felt like we're really building for this game. <laughs> you've do- you've no, doctored no, that. It's not been doctored whatsoever. Someone's so. just hit the mic on the front of the desk. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. It sounds a lot like he let Fla- Fluffy up the chain. Let's just have a close. I know it's lowbrow, but let's have a just a quick listen, re-listen to that one, Gibber. I just I had to temper my confidence to be going into the game. To be honest. <laughs> Tom. Craig McRae is on top. He's so relaxed. And uh, that's just the main thing I noticed from his presser. But he's actually uh, one of the most positive coaches well, going He's that sort of cool, calm, collected coach <laughs> on the bench, isn't he? So he, yeah. he's obviously just taken that into his press conference. And when you finish minor premiers, you, you win the first qualifying final, find yourself in a prelim. <laughs> yeah. Drop the F-bomb. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah, peel one off the side <laughs> of his chair. Oh, God. No, so that was a cracking game as well. Now, big show up ahead. Always Gibbs. a big show, Tom. Oh, but in particular today, first week of finals, we are going to check in with Brendan Sanderson just after 10 o'clock. Now, I'm a huge Sando fan. Essential listening on Thursdays. Every Thursday, he does a strategy session with Jared Waitley, and he's an incredible strategist, but he also understands how men are motivated and what makes AFL players tick. So we're going to get his thoughts on the games that are still to come. And I I just want to ask him about a couple of his coaching philosophies, Gibber. He's a great chat. So certainly looking forward to that, Tom. And we're also live and interactive on the text line. So 0427 154 166. Blues fans, Pies fans, uh, send through some texts. How are you feeling about your first finals week win uh, on Thursday and obviously last night? We want to hear them. We'll read them out and... Mm. We'll uh, endeavour to, to do get that to all, show. all of them. Yes, and Port fans, particularly you guys, uh, what are your chances tonight? How are you feeling about this game against Brisbane? I worry for Port about their forward line a little bit. I mean, Chuck Dixon's out. They really need a guy like Todd Marshall to stand up, being probably the number one banana for them, even though he's a second or third tall. Yeah, big game for Port Adelaide. Huge ramifications out of this one. Win this, uh, can have a home prelim final. So, yeah, yeah we'll uh, we'll deep dive into that game shortly, Tom. But, uh, yeah, their forward line is going to need to fire if they're going to beat the Brisbane Lions today. Yeah, plus all of your latest news around trade and free agency and, and around the globe as well. US Open is happening as we speak. Gibber, we're here for City Discount Tyres. City D- Discount Tyres, buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Tire. And we also today, we, we have a local legend joining us, and this is all thanks to Solitaire Auto. Solitaire Volkswagen, Adelaide's largest range of Volkswagens. You know her name, Gibber. She's a, she's a stalwart of the footy club down south. Yeah? I do, I do. She's our head trainer down at South Adelaide. Right. And she's going to actually come down to Harbour Town and speak to us live. So really looking forward to hearing about her journey and the footy club she's been involved in because without these sort of local legends and these volunteers, mm. footy clubs just do not
not operate, especially at local level. So uh, looking forward to that chat as well. Yep, absolutely. Gibber, up next, we've got a very special Tell Me Bryce, uh, just diving into the, the psyche of final ga- finals games, uh, your experience, uh, five finals you've played, there, there wasn't your many, vast. There wasn't many experiences <laughs> in the final stump. We're going to draw upon uh, Gibber's vast finals <laughs> uh, resume, which amounts to five games. Uh, do you, Who were they against? One was against... Just two Sydney. winning ones. Yeah. We, we were uh, one against Essendon and we won against Richmond. Yes, okay, so we're going to That's dive it. into that uh, that plethora of information <laughs> that uh, Gibber's going to supply to us. Plus, I want to get a few more of your thoughts around the Blues win last night. It's currently 8.45 and a top of 20 degrees. City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Wild Peak AT3W All-Terrain Tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Oh, yes. Good to have your company this morning. We're down at Harbour Town. Come say good day if you're in the vicinity. And I've got to correct myself there, but give it before I said it's a top of 16, uh, 20 degrees. It's actually a top of 16 degrees. But gee whiz, right now it feels like a top of 2 degrees. It's a little bit chilly here today. And uh, Craig Oss, who's looking after us down here at Harbour Town, has got a little, a little heater for us. So <laughs> that's pumping under our legs, which we, is quite nice. So. We've got the um, tablecloth over our legs and the heater is just trapping that heat. Um, but you can take your hand off my knee now, if that's okay, Gibber. <laughs> well, Tommy, the text line is fired yes. up, and there's one here. A bit rich for Longmire to be complaining about the score review system. They shouldn't even be playing, obviously. Oh, yes. They made the finals when uh, Ben Keyes kicked that goal that wasn't allowed. Mm. So this is what John Longmire had to say about the score review after the game. I didn't. When I'm on the bench, I don't. You don't get to see replays like you guys in the media. They sit up in the press box. You don't get to see it. So I just didn't. I didn't know. I just don't know. I still haven't seen it. Is the technology good enough? Clearly not. Is that, is that one of the, I guess, next season? Are you hopeful that the technology can get a bit better, given I mean, it's such a big sport now? I'd like to think so. We've been on both sides of the fence, haven't we? Yeah. So you'd like to think so. We spend. A fair bit trying to get things right at Clubland. He's not wrong there, Horace Longmire. I mean, the technology has been appalling. It's like someone filming it from their phone, and I don't understand why the AFL don't invest in uh, getting better technology. So it looks like uh, that's going to be a controversy until they fix it. No matter what, we're going to be talking about that goal line stuff. But Gibber... I want to delve into the crevices of your mind about your finals experiences. So it's time for this. Tell me, Bryce. Tell me, sweet little Bryce. Pretty sick of talking about it, to be honest. Tell me, Bryce. Oh, yeah. Now, Bryce Gibbs, you're a man with a vast finals playing experience. You were there a decade ago when Carlton made the finals. Uh, that was the last time they actually made the finals, Gibber. I want you to walk me through <laughs> what was that actually like? Because Carlton fans are a little bit different. There's a, there's a huge amount of expectation. Uh, how did it feel to uh, be Stephen Bradbury-ing your way into that final <laughs> series? Because Essendon dropped out due to the supplements. Yes, Tom. Well... That's why you play forty-four is to play in finals mm. uh, and big finals. And unfortunately, personally, didn't get to experience that <laughs> too often, uh, or not enough in my career. But I uh, played in a in a couple of final series 
I think I only played about five finals games, six finals games I played in, uh, only two winning ones. So yeah. uh, reflecting on that, obviously not ideal, but uh, yeah, I mean, I've got some, some great memories from two of those wins. Two of those wins mm. were for, uh, against uh, two arch rivals in, in Essendon and Richmond. Yeah. Uh, I remember the first one uh, against Essendon, I think it was, uh, we actually, we won by about 10 goals and... Um, I got injured in that game. I think mm. it was in the last quarter. There was probably only about 10 minutes to go and I was running into open goal and got tackled and, and hurt my shoulder and, and actually missed uh, the following game, which was uh, West Coast over over there. And I think we only lost by a kick in the end uh, to mm. get into a prelim. So that was uh, that was shattering that campaign. But uh, you're right, the, the 10 years ago, the, the 2013 final series which we actually made by default Tom um, the, the three best words in the human dictionary <laughs> yeah. so I probably the, the t- those two games and I, I refer to the game before the Richmond final which mm. was the the Port Adelaide game we played here in Adelaide at the old Amy Stadium it was the last game actually ever played at Amy Stadium I remember this and we we had to. We finished ninth, but we still had to win the last game to finish ninth. So mm. it was basically an elimination final in itself. And we found ourselves about 20, 30 points down halfway through the third quarter, and it looked like it was all over. But we found a way to come back and win that game by points. So um, that obviously slung shot us into into the finals with Essendon uh, being disqualified with the, mm. the drug saga. Uh, so obviously Richmond had gone on, hadn't played finals either for for many years, I think, and had gone on a, a nine or ten game winning streak to to finish fifth that year, and they were were looking like they were going to win their first final. I think a bit similar to Paddy Cripps and mm. uh, Sammy Doherty. Some of those guys hadn't played a final in 180 games. Um, Newman from mm. from Richmond, the, the captain, he hadn't played a finals game either <laughs> in that game. So we were certainly underdogs in that one. Again, found ourselves in uh, about 20, 30 points down early in the second quarter and uh, things weren't going our way. But come out after half-time, half uh, a man called Chris Judd uh, decided to turn it on. Um, the Mosquito Fleet, <laughs> yeah. uh, Eddie Betts, uh, Chris Yaron and, and Jeffy Garlett uh, started to get busy and, and caused uh, Richmond a, a whole heap of headaches. And, and Nick Digan, yes. a um, bit of an un, unsung hero, he was actually... Now there's a story behind this. He was... Eating his lunch uh, pre-game, he was an emergency for the game, and uh, Brock McLean actually did his quad in the warm-up. So right. they uh, got permission to do a late change. Basically, said, "Dogs, get your kid on. Um, you're playing with with about five minutes to go before the bounce." So he got mm. changed, came out, and he actually he was de- a defender by by trade, but yeah. uh, found himself at half forward sort of trying to negate Brett Deledio. Um They just gave him a roll and he ended up kicking four in that game yeah, and, and wow. probably probably was the difference in the end. So um, talk about sliding door moments for him to, to not be playing then all of a sudden play a big role in, in that winning final uh, in front of 90-odd thousand people was, uh, was pretty crazy. Yeah, so now you say he was eating a pie in the stands. He was having a pie and I think drinking a bourbon can drink bourbon, in, yeah. uh, in the top top level so yeah that just keeps on increase as the years go by i think he was actually drinking half a bottle <laughs> bottle of uh bourbon to himself and uh yeah but it's interesting those folklore stories that that happen in finals and you often don't hear about them until a little bit later but something fascinating i heard during the week from brendan sanderson who we've got on later in the show is jimmy bartell the year he won that norm smith medal the entire night 
before the game. He didn't sleep a wink. And I, I identify with this sort of thing so much. He's probably playing the game out in his mind, did not sleep. Did, were you one to do that, where you would ruminate and project what it's going to be like and uh, stress out a little bit? The, the night before a 2K time trial, I would. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would have horrible sleeps because I hated yeah. it so much. But no, I was pretty good uh, the night before a game day. But, yeah, there's no doubt you know, the anxiety kicks in. Yeah. You, as you said, you... You can get caught sometimes playing the game over in your mind before it actually happens, and and it can actually be quite um, exhausting. Yes. You can actually quite get fatigued uh, by thinking about it too much uh, and not putting your energy in, in the right way. So, mm. um, yeah, some players, it happens a lot. It'd be quite common, no doubt, but... Uh, I don't think it affected uh, Jimmy Bartell that day, Tom, off, no. the, off the back of no sleep, because I think he actually went out and uh, won the, yeah. the Norm Smith the that day. So yeah. uh, maybe he should have uh, had uh, more all-nighters more before uh, before footy games. It certainly worked for him. Absolutely. And people say, you know, you've got to get six to eight hours sleep, but I, I think it's quite common, isn't it, for players to just have a really crappy sleep, only a couple of hours a night before, and you've just got to accept it. Well, you can't. You know, change it. Funny you say that. I think I've played some of my better games when I've been crook or you know yeah. have had um, poor sleeps in that week. So it's funny how your mind you, you sort of run out with no expectations. Yes, sort of all, that's the key. Almost defeat that you are you're not going to perform very well, and sometimes it uh, goes the other way. So um, yeah, it's funny how things work out, Tom. Yeah. Now another thing on the on finals is champion data say obviously it's a more contested game, but what really actually happens is. The contested numbers are about the same, but the uncontested ball drops off a cliff. So it's a lot harder to get those cheapies. Is that what you found in your illustrious finals experience, Giver? Were you a bit, it's a lot tighter in there? Yeah, the pressure gauge certainly goes up another another notch. There's no doubt about that. And, and that's why the teams are in the finals, because they're the best teams that are applying pressure to the opposition mm. throughout the home and away series. So... Uh, when when the good sides, the good pressure sides, come together and play, it it only heightens that sort of stat and that area of the game even more. So yeah, you're right. In and around the contest, it's high tackle, high pressure, but you you can dispose, rush your disposal because that perceived pressure is there. Because you know if I don't get rid of it soon, mm. someone's coming coming from somewhere at some stage. So yeah, it can be a little bit more. Um, not as not as a clean, pretty game of footy, and it's the the teams that can be more composed in those pressure moments that uh, that usually find a way to win. Yeah, it always it's a cliche, but it does come down to those critical moments. You know, the Matty Scarlet toe tap, uh, Gibber. We've got a massive show today because we are going to be speaking to. Um, Alex Starling from the Adelaide 36ers. Their season is getting underway with the preseason game. So NBL is back and basketball is growing at a rapid rate in Australia. So uh, in a basketball team, are you uh, in a basketball team or love your coach? Give up. Together with the advertiser, we're looking for Australia's basketball super coach. There's a prize pool including cash, merchandise, and NBL experiences worth over 10K for your local club, your coach, and you. Plus, register to, register to play super coach for your chance to win $2,500. Head to iCanWin.com.au. Gibber, we've got to get to a break because we're going to be previewing the Port Adelaide's match up next against Brisbane. City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Wild Peak AT3W All-Terrain Tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. 
Oh yes, finals footy is here and we are coming to you live from Harbour Town uh, with our friends. City Discount Tyres, SUV tyre deals are on now and we are here, of course, for Solitaire Auto. Solitaire Volkswagen, Adelaide's largest range of Volkswagen. Still to come in the show, Brenton Sanderson, but give a two games, Thursday and Friday night, both finals, real finals games, real contested and, and chock-a-block full of drama. I want to have a look at this Collingwood-Melbourne game first. Melbourne really shot themselves in the foot, as you say, with a, a huge amount of opportunities inside 50, but just couldn't do much with it. Yeah, you're spot on, Tommy. And to go down by only seven points, I think they uh, they doubled the Collingwood's inside 50, so certainly had a lot of uh, opportunities. Mm. Uh, kicked a little bit wayward, kicking seven goals, 11. So just... A bit of lack of connection for the centre, yeah. wasn't it? We know how good they are around the ball. We know how good they are behind the ball with, with Lever and May uh, intercept and, and then a bit of run and dash off the back line. But the, their forward line's always been a bit of a concern. And mm. they have, to their credit, they have found a way to, to score and... and Get, make goals out of nothing. We've seen Petrarchus go down there and spend time as a midfield, but it's certainly something they're going to have to address next week against Carlton because they can't. Uh, you can't waste those those uh, chances in in any game, let alone a final. And and Collingwood, they got off to a really hot start, mm. um, and that was probably the difference in the game. Once they got that little cushy lead, they just did enough to hold Melbourne at arm's length. But it uh, it was a cracking game of footy and. Uh, it's going to just, it was really big ramifications because now obviously the winner goes through to a, mm. a prelim, gets the week off at the MCG. Melbourne, they're going to have to come through Carlton, who we know are, uh, their confidence is through the roof. And then whoever wins that game has to travel to either Brisbane or Port Adelaide in a prelim. So they uh, have to have to travel to, to get to the grand final. So big mm. uh, ramifications out of that one. Yeah, huge game it was. And Melbourne actually played well. So. Clayton Oliver, uh, 31 touches. Maxi Gorn, 27 touches for the Ruckman, if you don't mind. But it was efficiency as far as it goes for Collingwood because they were in their Ford 50 almost half of what Melbourne were, but their shot they looked dangerous almost every time they went in there. It was that slingshot game where they shoot it out of the back line and quite often you'd see an open paddock uh, for the Collingwood forwards to sort of get hold of it. Yeah, and Hagel was still side bottom as well, yeah. the veteran just on the wing, and and that's what experience does. In uh, in those moments, he was just cool, calm, collected. Was always in the right spot as that winger getting back to help, uh, and then obviously getting forward and, and helping drive the ball inside fifty. Um, Isaac Quainer as well. He's yeah, had an he's unbelievable a, year. He's an incredible get. And uh, it's just really hard to, to play against uh, and uses the ball quite well once he wins it back. So mm. it was just a, a tradesman-like performance, I thought, from Collingwood. And uh, they've been the best team all year and uh, they find themselves in uh, another prelim final. Yep, in front of 92,000 at the G. Uh, Craig McRae, he spoke after their win and summarised his thoughts on the game. <laughs> It's uh, yeah, producer Sammy back there. That's right. We'll come to that in a sec. Um, what was your view on the Maynard incident? Just t- telling me a quick thought because he was in midair as he was smothering that ball before he sort of caught his shoulder on Angus Brayshaw. Yeah, as mentioned earlier, it's a tough one. I mean, he, it's a footy act. He, he runs, he, he leaves the ground, he takes him high. He sort of braced for contact. Yeah. Like, 
didn't he, at the last second. Totally. And then caught, caught Brayshaw high, and we know Brayshaw, he has um, concussion history, which... Yeah. Which is, is unfortunate, but uh, yeah, he was pretty remorseful after the game too, Braden Maynard, and, and there's no doubt the, you know, it's going to be heavily looked at uh, whether the, the match review panel um, sends it straight to... Sorry, if Dan Christian sends yep. it straight to, to the... Tribunal. Tribunal. Um, lost me Look, I actually there. don't blame it because there, there's so many convoluted little layers oh, no, to the system. It's, it's and it actually doesn't work that great, does it? But um, moving on, pivoting to Carton's game last night, your boys. Gee, that was a dramatic th- uh, third and fourth quarter. Just what you want to see in, in finals football. Um, but the Blues fans, they were my favourite vision from last night. They were in absolute raptures, <laughs> sending the roof off. Yeah, it was a bit of a, a pre- uh, yeah, pressure off, wasn't it? They've yeah. uh, been the best part of 10 years for, for Blues fans and even the Carlton players as well. You know, Paddy Cripps, Weedering, Doherty, these guys have played upwards 150-plus games and, and not tasted a final series yet. So to get that monkey off the back will we'll only do them a world of good and um, you know, Sam Walsh was, was unbelievable. He was so pivotal in this win. Obviously, spending a bit of time mm. on the sidelines. Got a game in, in that round 24 match. Uh, gets another week off to freshen up. And, and some of his gut-running efforts. I mean, he was kicking the ball inside 50. And then there was a, a passage mm. in play late in that game where he got back as the winger to... to intercept a, a ball to spoil it out of bounds which would have been marked by Sydney they probably would have kicked that goal and it would have been you know a couple of points in it so um, Carlton led throughout the whole game kicked the first two goals of the game I was uh, mm. in, a, in a couple of text message groups and saying the game was all over I was getting a bit ahead of myself three minutes into the game but uh, to Sydney's credit they only kicked about two goals to half time but outscored the Blues seven goals to four in the second half to keep it really interesting really close and and they would have believed all the way up until the final siren that they could have, they could have come back and, and won that game. That's mm. what Sydney's all about. That's their DNA. So uh, Gordon, he's had an unbelievable year, all Australian, and he didn't get his you know high 30, 35 touches that we've seen him do this year. But every time he touched the ball for his 23, 24 touches, he was hitting targets. He kicked a couple of really mm. crucial goals for him as well. McLean stood up kicking a couple. Um, he's going to be a, a fantastic player for Sydney going forward and. and Luke Parker. He started off in the guts, wasn't quite working for him, so they put him to full forward just to sort of negate yeah, Jacob Wiedering, Wiedering and, and make him think about him a little bit more, which was a pretty good move from, from John Longmire. So, uh, again, they, uh, they hold on by six points, Carlton, and uh, and find themselves in a, in a semi-final. Yes, with a absolute frenzy of fans behind them there. Blake Akers as well, I thought he had a fantastic game. So, just on Sam Walsh, his frame is a little bit more slight than the other midfielders but he went for that contested ball he's he's quite a brave player Sam Walsh and just a bit of uh, up, a bit of an update from yes. that Brader Maynard incident just to cut you off there Tommy yeah. Tom Morris has just tweeted SEN's own that uh, Brader Maynard will be sent directly to the tribunal for his bump on Angus Brayshaw careless conduct high contact severe impact so uh, Brader Maynard sent straight to the tribunal and I dare say it's either going to get thrown out or he's going to get weeks, and if he gets weeks, they'll appeal it. Yep, undoubtedly. Uh, Collingwood will... Hopefully they've got a lawyer as uh, good as Carlton's uh, because Paddy Cripps got off a similar thing late last year. Um, We are going to have a massive preview for Port v Brisbane, but just a quick word. Do you think Port Adelaide are too reliant on their midfield... um, 
especially coming into the finals, they're, they're lacking a presence up forward and, and really need Butters, Rosie and Jason Horn Francis to fire if they're a chance against Brisbane. Well, yeah, there's, there's no doubt about that. The two really great midfields going head-to-head today, which is, which is the, the battle I'm really looking forward to seeing. And, and who can give their forwards uh, some delivery? Uh, we know it's going to be... It's not necessarily going to matter how or who kicks the goals for Port Adelaide, but it's how mm. they're going to combat Harris Andrews. He's just such a rock. He plays like that Darcy Moore intercept, just pays a bit of disrespect to his opponent, comes off and, and marks the ball. So it's more how they avoid him and whoever they put on him to, to use him as a as a bit of an option leading up and, and getting a creative and getting dangerous and make him accountable. But although Port don't have... The, the firepower that uh, that we know they well, obviously Dixon not being yeah. being there Todd Marshall becomes the man Jeremy Finlayson's going to have to play a little bit in the ruck as well as we know so mm. they're going to have to find other avenues to go whether that's from their midfield we know uh, Power Pepper will pop up and, and kick one or two yeah. he's good for that uh, Rioli uh, has been in goal kicking form leading into the finals as well so I think there's still enough avenues for him but it's how they they stop uh, Harris Andrews yeah and also uh, Brisbane. Love a kick mark game. They're so surgical and scintillating when they come out of the back line. A lot of kicks and marks, so they're going to have to close off those uncontested options from Brisbane. But Gibber, up next, we've got a very special person joining us. Uh, You know her from the South Adelaide Football Club. She's our local legend for this week. Yes, Julie Harrington's going to join us, the the South Adelaide head trainer, but uh, she's spent many years in uh, in the football world and we're looking forward to talking to her and talking about her journey. Also, Brenton Sanderson coming up later in the show. It's the top of 16 degrees today and 12 minutes past nine. City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Wild Peak AT3W All-Terrain Tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Yeah, so good to have your company this morning. We are live from Harbour Town and just opposite uh, Peter Alexander where these lovely women get to wear pyjamas to work every day. And uh, we're quite envious, Skipper, because they're nice and warm in there and uh, we're freezing our toes off out here. But uh, it's time for a very special chat with our local legend of the week and it's all for Solitaire Volkswagen, Adelaide's largest range of Volkswagens. It's your special friend, Bryce, Julie. And we've had a text come in about Julie, actually. Let's get into that first. I might come back to the text, actually. Okay. Because I'm going to introduce Julie first. Yeah. So Julie Harrington's come down to have a chat with us, our local legend for today. I might be biased here, but one of my absolute (laughs) favourites. She's the current uh, head trainer at the South Adelaide Football Club. Uh, Been How long have you been the head trainer... uh, this South is my second, second year. year. Yeah. So um, obviously worked closely with Julie uh, and see the amazing work she's done. But not only at South, her, her footy history goes back uh, many a years. Uh, she's going to tell us about it now. So Julie, thanks for coming down and uh, having a chat to us. And mind you, has become the number one ticket holder for SEN. She's our number one listener. Oh, thank you, listens Julie. Listens to us each and every week. We so need all we can get. She's uh, fantastic <laughs> when it comes to that. But welcome, Julie. Um, you cut your teeth back at Flagstaff Hill. Yep. When did that journey start and how did all that come about? <laughs> so uh, my son started playing at Flaggy and I went out to a family fun day, so just the registration day. Mm. And um, 
the head trainer there then was a gentleman by the name of Frank Rismondo. He was doing it all on his own. Um, no help whatsoever. So and I decided that rather than just sitting in our cars watching our sons, we'd actually get involved. So yeah. did our first aid certificate and from there just went on and eventually Frank left and, and I became the head trainer. So that was really <laughs> <laughs> daunting, but um, all good fun. So, so as a head trainer, um, what do those sort of roles involve? Obviously, a lot of people might not understand uh, what that is. Um, and I think the people don't understand what time and, and effort and energy goes into to roles like this, uh, especially at local level. A lot of um, volunteer work is so important. These, these local clubs wouldn't run without people like yourself really getting behind and, and helping out. So, so what, what's involved? What, what would a game day look like? Uh, obviously, training during the week. There's obviously a bit happening. Putting up with uh, 30, 40 uh, <laughs> young males as well can be a challenge in itself. So when I started at Flagstaff, I was predominantly just taping players and seeing to any of their medical issues. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> as it went on and I became the head trainer, I then threw in a whole other mix <coughs> in that I had then had people under me that I had to sort of work out where they were going to do, what they were going to do, how they were going to do it and set up for game day. So I could be at the football club from 7.30 in the morning. Wow. Just getting everything ready. And likewise... I was there five days a week because I was looking after the juniors right the way through to the seniors. Um, thankfully, I'm not there that often for South Adelaide, but anyway, that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, Flaggy was, was full-on. for. I was there for 10 years, so that was just a full-on program. Yeah, right. Looking after everybody. And so... People like you are, are, are the ones that sort of the fabric of, of football clubs and the local community who re, who really um, drive things. What motivates you to to do what you do? Like, what what do you get out of it? What do you enjoy about being the trainer down at South? The camaraderie between the players, and that goes hand in hand with the trainers. Mm. And you know, Bryce um, indicated that I helped him out quite a bit so we were one-on-one -on -one for quite some time yeah. down the footy club taping all his shoulders <laughs> all his ailments <laughs> but you know it's just good fun and um the guys just treat me like one of their own like a lot of the boys will call me mum yeah um which is great but <laughs> so the, you know we just it's a big family I think and that's what really I really love and keeps me going and I want them to win a a flag at some stage. <laughs> well, you, you were sport down at Flaggies because the, in the period you were there, they, they won a lot of premierships and were very successful. So obviously uh, the last couple of years at South haven't quite gone to plan. But uh, yeah, as you said, it's fantastic, Tom. Uh, mm. People like Julie because um, they ride the highs and the lows like the players do. And yeah. uh, they're, fr they're there from the start just just like the players are. So obviously not playing out on game day. But uh, as you said, me and Julie spend about... 45 minutes before every game, she straps both of my shoulders and fingers yeah. and thumbs and whatever else needs to be taped. And, um, yeah, we certainly couldn't play and, and go out and perform without 
without people like Julie. So yeah, very, very lucky to have these uh, these people yes. in the footy club. Julie is our local legend, and uh, there is a text here. I'm not sure if either of you know this person. Huge <laughs> rumor. Obviously, you've got the connections there at Flagstaff Hill Football Club in the Southern Football League. This person's understanding is that the number two is currently vacant on their A grade team. It may not be in 2024. Gibber, can you confirm this for Frank? This is Frank, uh, Frank the Tank from down <laughs> south, um, who also does a bit of work uh, at the footy club as well. One, right. of, our, one of our great friends. Uh, yeah, he's um, he's putting the the feelers on, putting the pressure on me there. Uh, one of my good mates, Sammy Jacobs, is is playing his uh, his footy down at Flaggies. I think they're through to the grand final. I think yeah, this year. I so, so between uh, Julie. Big source and, and Frank, they uh, sounds like they're trying to get me down to, to the Falcons. <laughs> so uh, we'll see how it plays out. Oh, well, Julie, you are our local legend for this week. Thanks so much for joining us. No worries. Thank you. And that is for Solitaire. Solitaire has SA's largest Volkswagen range and of new and demonstrator model vehicles in stock and ready for immediate delivery, Gibber. We've got to get to a break because we've got a lot to talk about in previewing Port Adelaide's match against Brisbane. And Brent Quentin Sanderson is joining us a little later. It's 23 minutes past nine. City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Wild Peak AT3W All-Terrain Tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Oh, yes, finals footy has arrived and we're all just a little bit excited. Uh, Tom Lyon and Bryce Gibbs coming to you live from Harbourtown. Now, that incident, Braden Maynard knocking out Angus Brayshaw cold, I believe is a footy incident, but it's divided opinions everywhere, Bryce. Yeah, it certainly has. We've got one off the text line here. Clearly, Braden Maynard had (laughs) other options. He could have chosen not to try and smother the kick and get dragged by the coach as a result. If he gets rubbed out for that, we might as well call football a non-contact sport. Feel for Brayshaw, but some collisions in our game are unavoidable. Yes. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that text. And uh, Goodwin commented on the incident, as well as Gil McLaughlin. What did you make of the incident with um, Maynard and Brayshaw? Oh, look, I guess that'll be sorted out during the week. But you know, we've got a pretty shattered player in there. Yeah, look, you can only go by the facts. He jumped off the ground and knocked a guy out. So, yeah, difficult one last night. First of all, tell. amazing finals contest. Ruddy's, you know, sort of drizzly wet game, 92,000 uh, pressure. I know that you know that I can't comment on the Maynard thing uh, other than it will be clearly looked at uh, like the whole game by the team this morning and I understand... Uh, the divided opinion, and it's a, that it's a it's a big decision in the context of the final series. Would it be fair to say it's not a simple one? Uh, again, I, I agree with that, and I can't really say much more than that. I, I can see that. Well, what I would say is that people have expressed strong views on both sides of the debate to me, and that's therefore would say that it's, it looks like it's difficult, and I can't comment. Yeah, that's Gil McLaughlin on 3AW. It'll be an interesting watch. It's one of those, almost like a test case again, to see if he gets off, which is what I hope. And if you haven't heard the news, he has actually been sent directly straight to the tribunal, Brader Maynard, for that bump. So it has been graded careless contact, high contact and severe impact 
directed straight to the tribunal. So we'll see what happens from there, Tom. Yep. Uh, up next, Gibber, we've got our sports wrap uh, covering. Oh, there's other sports going on, of course. There's the US Open and uh, a bit of basketball. So we're going to cover that up next. But time for the news. City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Wild Peak AT3W All-Terrain Tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Oh, yes. It was uh, the Blues getting the chocolates last night. And uh, Michael Voss had some interesting words about where they've come from compared to last year to this year. Survive those moments where, you know, the ship might go down. You just don't want to hang on and... Yeah, I think there's a there's a um, defensive resilience to us now, um, and we've spoken about it all year. It had to be a characteristic that we had to build within the team, um, and we won on really defence at the end of the game. You know, we didn't have momentum at all. Um, it was completely against us. So, and we certainly weren't winning it through ball use. Um, so we would like to have a few moments back going inside fifty and maybe change angles a couple more times um, rather than let them intercept and then just get fast off it. So so we'll go to work on that. But uh, in behind that was a, um, a desperate team with a will to win, probably in the end one um, bit of heart, um, which I was pretty pleased with. Well, that's uh, fantastic to hear, Tom, because yeah. off the back of last year, we know the Blues fell short and only needed to win one game of their last two or three to yeah. make the finals, and they just couldn't get it done in those close clutch moments. So it, uh, they've certainly gone away, worked on that over the, the, that preseason mm. and have used some different strategies in games throughout the year to, to practice those times, and, and that's when it comes to the floor, when you're in a final, elimination final, the game's on the line, you need to either ice yeah. the game shut it down, save the game, and uh, they certainly did that. So they learnt their lessons from last year, the Blues. Yeah, Carlton fans will be very pleased with that because last year, yeah, they were exciting attacking, but the defensive side just wasn't quite there. And he's probably on the money there, Michael Voss. But, Bryce, it's now time for this. This Saturday scoreboard. Yeah, it's uh, all thanks to Stan Sports. The US Open Women's Singles Final is live tomorrow. The Men's Singles Final is live on Monday on Stan Sport. Watch ad-free and in 4K as an Australasian Academy of Tennis Coaches, AACT.tennis, if you want to look that up. Gibber, first, let's uh, jump into the Socceroos. Plenty of uh, sport going on, Tom, but uh, I don't have news from the Socceroos, but I've got news on a Socceroos star and our very own Adelaide United's Craig yes. Goodwin uh, is about to take a lucrative deal in Saudi Arabia. Now, he recently just signed a contract extension to uh, to stay with the Reds, but uh, the r- reports that he's off to Saudi Arabia Saudi Arabia, but he's going to leave the door ajar to return to the Reds potentially down the track. So, as I mentioned, he did sign a deal with Adelaide United to keep him here until the end of 2025. The Reds confirmed on Friday, though, that the skipper will be leaving to a... They haven't revealed what club it is, but um, the the Saudi Pro League, he's headed over there. It's been reported he'll receive a seven-figure transfer fee with Goodwin, set to uh, earn approximately two and a half mil per season at his new club. So, 
the the Saudi league just continue to to poach players. We've obviously seen Cristiano Ronaldo, yeah. uh, Neymar, uh, Benzema have all headed over there to uh, fill up their pockets cash wise. So that, that's a new concept to a lot of us, where Adelaide will receive a two and a half million dollar. Uh, sorry, Adelaide. United will receive a seven-figure transfer fee, and this is outside of what uh, Craig Goodwin gets. So um, it's just a bit of a different world there, soccer, compared to AFL. Now, Gibber, there will be no gold medal for the USA at the Men's Basketball World Cup, and for the second consecutive time in the sport's biggest tournament, there may be the embarrassment of no medal for the Americans. Instead, it's Germany on the cusp of a world title. Uh, Andreas Obst scored 24 points, and France Wagner added 22, and Germany scored more points than any team ever has against the US basketball team featuring in the World Cup there. Well, they just don't care about the World Cup. Yeah. The Americans, they, they care about the Olympics. I think they dig in for that. But yeah. uh, they dead set, just don't try in these. So they're going to play off for, okay. for bronze. But uh, they, they won't want to be there. Pretty disappointing. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, it's disappointing for the integrity of, of the World Cup. Uh, did you see that document? Was it you that recommended that documentary about the U.S. basketball team having lost um, or gone downhill with their Olympic performances and then they put together a, a team that actually gave a crap about what they were doing and uh, got the gold? Put all the big dogs in and... yeah decided to, to flick the switch. We know how much talent the, the dream team uh, they call themselves um, possess. But, uh, yeah, in the, in these World Cups, they, they don't seem to take it as seriously. But uh, on to some tennis news yes. now. Obviously, the US Open is uh, starting to wind up. Uh, and Novak Djokovic, uh, the, the GOAT, has ended Ben Shelton's American dream at the US Open. Djokovic, 36, halted the big-serving 20-year-old Shelton's breakthrough run in the semifinals with a 6-3, 6-2, 6-7, 7-4 victory on Friday at Flushing Meadows. Um, Joker just keep gets yeah. get it done. Now, now this Ben Shelton, Shelton, he's got uh, a bright future. He's yeah. he's sort of they're get, sort of comparing him to the the Alcaraz who uh, is currently uh, leading six five against Daniel Medvedev in uh, the first set. But the Ben uh, Shelton and, and Carlos Alcaraz are going to be the future of tennis. He yeah. is an unbelievable player and it was just uh, experience that uh, that got him in this one. Yep. Now, Gibber, I only raise this one because the Kiwis are absolutely shattered. I was actually listening to SENZ on my way in here this morning and their talkback is going nuts because uh, the party in Paris has started because French, uh, the French, France have made an early World Cup statement by downing New Zealand 27 to 13 in an enthralling opening match. But uh, it's fair to say the Kiwis are a little bit pissed off today. They certainly are, Tom. Uh, to some NRL news now, and the finals have obviously kicked off as well. The Brisbane Broncos defeated the Melbourne Storm 26 to zero. Tom, up at Suncourt Stadium. Wow. So the Storm have actually got a, a pretty amazing record against Brisbane in Brisbane, winning the last eight or nine out of ten, I think, as it sits. But uh, the Broncos certainly came to play last night by absolutely giving them no chance mm. in this one. So they head off to the prelim. Uh, the Penrith Panthers play the New Zealand Warriors 
along with the Cronulla Sharks play the Sydney Roosters today. Uh, and on Sunday, tomorrow, Newcastle and I take on the Canberra Raiders. So finals footy in the NRL has kicked off as well. Yep, absolutely. Uh, just pivoting in our sports update, give it to some of the AFL trade and free agency news. Shane McAdam, obviously, during the week informed Adelaide that he wants to be traded to Melbourne. And reading Adelaide's press release, it seems that they're still hopeful that he may change his mind and decide to stay. But uh, just seeing how these situations usually go, do you see McAdam uh, walking back in after that? I, I, I think it would be unlikely, Yeah, uh, Tom. So, yeah, by reports, he, he wanted a, what do you want, a three-year deal or a two-year deal? And yeah. The Crows had tabled that, but whether it was financially up to what he wanted, I'm not too sure. But uh, I think once you you say you want to leave, and if he's got an offer somewhere else, I yeah. think he's pretty keen to get the Melbourne Borough report. So uh, we'll see how that plays out as well. Yeah, it'll be interesting what a trade uh, looks like for Adelaide there because most likely they'll probably be eyeing off Melbourne's second round pick for Shane McAdam, which uh, opens up a few opportunities for them during the trade period because there's... That's generous. Generous, you reckon? Second round pick. Well, there's a second rounder they've got in the 30s. There's one they've got at pick 23. Um, that's what they'll be aiming for. Is he, I is don't he in know. contract, though? If he's no, out of contract, he's, he's out of contract. Well, he can walk, can't he? He can. Yeah, technically he can walk. <laughs> so they might not get anything for <laughs> might him. Might not get anything, but I dare say that's what they're aiming for. Okay. May get a third rounder. Uh, and also, you know, Tom Dojo's situation is an intriguing one. He's considering a, a good offer from Brisbane, but he's uh, openly said that he wants to stay in Adelaide. So I, I genuinely think this is still a 50-50. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how this one plays out. And he would fit into a lot of sides, really, yeah. as that, that sort of second or third tall intercept defender we know he's so good at. Um, yeah, Adelaide, whether they'd obviously love to keep him. He's going yeah. to be out for the next 12 months. So, um, yeah, whether it's at Adelaide or uh, somewhere else, he'll certainly find a find a a spot next year. Yep. And, uh, you know, mind you, Adelaide have had a glut of defenders come through in recent times, so I don't know if it would hurt them that much with uh, Josh Worrell and Mark Keane and the like coming through the ranks this year. Hey, that's our sports update, and it's for Stan Sports, Gibber. The US Open Women's Singles Final is live tomorrow. The Men's Singles Final is live on Monday on Stan Sport. Watch ad-free in 4K and Australasian Academy of Tennis Coaches at AAC tc.tennis if you want to look that up online that's double a tc.tennis gibber we're going to get to a break it's a top of 16 degrees today feeling a little bit colder than that at the moment um up next we're going to be talking uh all things nbl with our guest alex starling from the adelaide 36ers city discount tires buy three get one free on the popular falcon wild peak at3w all-terrain tire this is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. They're playing basketball. Oh yes, are you in a local basketball team and do you love your coach? Together with the advertiser, we're looking for Australia's basketball super coach. There's a prize including cash, merchandise and NBL experiences worth over $10,000 for your local club, your coach and you, plus register to play super coach for your chance to win a bonus $2,500. Just head to iCanWin.com 
Adelaide.com.au for details. Bryce, we've got a very special guest on the line. The Adelaide 36ers season is about to begin. They've got a pre-season game today. Alex Sterling is with us. Good morning, Alex. How's it going? Good morning, boys. Yeah, we're very good, mate. Um, how are you feeling uh, about the 36ers pre-season? Was it, was it a difficult one compared to last year when you guys went to the States? Uh, so actually, it's my first year with the team. So for me, it's I can't compare it to last year, but um, it reminds me of a, a college basketball type vibe where there's a lot of weights, a lot of lifting, and a lot of on-court work involved. So Yeah, I can. Yeah, fantastic. And what, what are you guys hoping to get out of the um, preseason game today against the Brisbane Bullets? What are you expecting from them? Um, I think they'll be pretty much at full strength, or at least that's what I've been gathering. But obviously just expecting a good hit out and just seeing where we are uh, from our last preseason game last week in Mount Gambia. But obviously just to get better, get through our sets and uh, execute. Now, Alex, tell us about uh, – you've got a bit of a history uh, with the AFL as well and the Australian rules football. You, Someone told me you nearly signed with the Sydney Swans back in 2011. Can you confirm this? Uh, yes, I can. So I had a contract offer on the table, but unfortunately – or fortunately, I had a uh, stress fracture that prevented that from happening. And uh, what would have been my rookie year, the Swans won a grand final that year. Wow. So how did that come about? They, the Swans scouted you and, and uh, obviously I think Paul Ruse was the coach at the time and he'd been talking to you. And uh, unfortunately, yeah, obviously you spoke about that injury, but there, there was a chance that you could have signed with them that year. Uh, yeah, um, definitely a chance that it uh, would have went down, but uh, life, God had uh, other plans uh, in store for me. But um, the Swans had a uh, recruit. Um, it was actually a friend of one of the um, head recruiters. He reached out to me back when I was in college about potentially, you know, making the uh, switch to, to play AFL. So that's pretty much how that happened. And then upon, you know, me being interested, that's when Paul Roos came into the picture. So you've gone on to continue playing certainly great basketball since then, mate. Are you excited to, to be here in Adelaide? Obviously, didn't make the finals last year at 36 is looking to, to bounce back. Uh, are you excited for the season ahead? What what can we expect from the 36ers this year? Um, definitely excited. Uh, again, this is my first year with the Sixers, but um, I've been around Adelaide long enough uh, during my nine, almost 10 years here, you know, in Australia, most of them have been here in Adelaide. So I've seen how close, the, uh, the club has been to a couple of championships and how close they've missed out on making finals. So I definitely want to be a part of the reason that we're able to change that around this season. And, and so what's your coach's messaging around this year? You're, you're putting it out there into the open. You want to make finals this season? Um, that's always the goal, I believe, from, from every coach, um, GM, owner, managers, coaches, players, I believe that's always, you know, the plan as opposed to, you know, doing all the hard yards, doing all the hard work, all the heavy lifting, you know, all the planning behind the scenes to, you know, not have a successful season. So it hasn't been spoken of, but I feel like that an unspoken, you know, rule to, you know, get the job done and make finals and obviously win the flag.
Yeah. Uh, Alex Starling from the Adelaide 36ers is with us right now. Well, uh, it's exciting. Basketball is back and it's going to be a massive year for the Adelaide 36ers. It all begins today against the Brisbane uh, Bullets in your pre-season game at the Lights Community and Sports Centre. It's a members only game, is that right, Alex? I believe so, yes. Members had uh, access to the tickets, so I'm pretty sure they would have taken them all. And obviously, uh, free tickets as well, so, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, it's an exciting year ahead for the Adelaide 36ers. We'll be uh, following you very closely. Alex, uh, thanks for joining the show. Thank you, boys. Thank you for having me very much. That's uh, Alex Starling, Adelaide's new recruit for this year. The NBL as a competition giver, a lot of uh, people can also, uh, Josh Giddy mentioned, it's, it's a great comp. It's um, becoming a better comp for those younger players to uh, cut their teeth if, if they've got NBA dreams. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And we've seen a lot of guys come not to go to college and come over here and play. We saw um, LaMelo Ball do that, uh, come over here and played for Mm. the Hawks, I think. So, yeah, the the competition needs to stay strong. We need to keep getting these these young kids coming in to play or get the guys on the other side of their career um, when they're closer to retiring to come and and finish their careers over in the NBL because uh, I I don't know if you've been to many games, Tom, but I've been to a handful of games over the last couple of years and... It's certainly entertaining, certainly plenty happening and uh, we hope it's another big year for our 36ers and when they're up and going, the, the town's buzzing. So uh, hopefully they're in for a big campaign. Gibber, we've got a bit of time here now to uh, preview Port Adelaide's game against Brisbane just before the news. So um, look, this is going to be a massive hit out and it's probably the two, in my eyes, two most exciting teams um, in the eight as far as uh, their attacking goes, particularly with Brisbane. Um, how do you see Port Adelaide having a chance here? Because Brisbane are hev- heavily favourites. Yeah, it's it's going to be uh, an intriguing game. And, and Brisbane, we know how strong they are at the Gabba, first and foremost. So they've got to go in with a mindset to start really well, I think, Port Adelaide. Obviously, the crowd's going to be up and about. They, they play like a, a 19th man up there. So mm. without losing a game up at the Gabba, they, they do face a tough task. So starting off is going to be really crucial in this one. And again, um, I've said it many times over the year, the big games are, are won and lost in around the ball. So yeah. the midfield battle is going to be absolutely on fire today. Uh, Lockie Neal starting to get back into some form. Josh Dunkley, what does he do? Is he going to put some time into one of the, the yeah. young superstars in Rose or Butter, Butters, or is he just going to just be accountable at stoppage and, and then try and work off? We'll soon find out. I think Jason Will Francis can have a, a big say in this one. We you know, we sort yep. of played third fiddle to, to Butters and Rosie and, and just sort of complimented them really nice. But I reckon if he can up his possession rate from 15 to 20 to 25 touches, mm. he can be so damaging, whether it's delivering the ball inside 50 or, or hitting the scoreboard himself. We know his uh, field kicking is elite. So if he can get a few more touches, I reckon he can be really damaging for Port Adelaide. We, we spoke a little bit earlier about Port Adelaide's forward line. Yep. So no Charlie Dixon. Um, it's going to be really a Todd Marshall focused forward line. I think Jeremy Finlayson, we know, has probably had the ups and downs a little bit this year. Hasn't been as consistent as he would have liked. So they're going to be the two pillars up there. Finlayson will spend a bit of time in the ruck. Uh, Sam Pound Pepper, we know how important he is in that, yep. that uh, Port Adelaide forward line buzzing around there. Jed McIntyre plays a role. Willow Rioli in goal kicking form as well. So if they can 
negate around Harris Andrews, put someone on him that, that can try and lead up at the right times. You've got to be really smart on these players and not allow them just to come mm. off and, and intercept the ball. So um, Starcevic is uh, reliable as, as anyone. Uh, Jack Payne as well. Um, Caden Coleman's really impressed me. Yeah. So I think if Port Adelaide can handle the Brisbane defenders, um, that, that'll... That'll be a huge help. But on the flip side, we know Port's defence are a little bit undermanned as well. And, yeah. Uh, Joe Danaher and Eric Hipwood, if Brisbane are, are going to win a flag this year, which which they need to do, they're mm. obviously coming off the back of a couple of pre- prelim finals, Joe Danaher and Eric Hipwood are going to be the men to, to take him to that flag, I think. Um, Joe, we, we know, has got a bit of X factor about him. And yep. uh, when Eric Hipwood's riding shotgun, they're certainly very potent. So who gets those guys? It literally gets one. Trent McKenzie obviously gets probably the other one. We see Miles Bergman play a little bit taller at times yep. as well. So if it's going to be one and lost in the midfield, as I said. Get yardage. Whoever can keep the ball in their forward half will... Uh, will go a long way to winning this one. Yeah, look, and an important stat that Ken Hinckley, I'm sure, will be keeping his eyes on is the contested possession number for both sides because when Brisbane win, they average plus 12 contested possessions in that area. But if they lose, they're a minus five. So uh, that'll be something Kenny Hinckley will be tracking. And... It, yeah, they really need those small forwards to chip in for Port Adelaide, I think. The Willie Rioli, Jed McEntee types to really uh, be ready at the feet of Todd Marshall and Jeremy Finlayson. Uh, question without notice, Tom. Yes. Uh, Charlie Cameron, obviously, doesn't need many possessions to have a big influence on the game. Mm. Uh, if you were Ken Hinckley, who are you, who are you sending to him? Probably... They don't have a great matchup for him, but I, I might be sending Miles Bergman to him to get that job early. And then they've also got uh, Ryan Burton, who can play tall and small, but maybe Miles Bergman. Okay, interesting choice. <laughs> who would you send? Uh, I would be sending, probably starting with Ryan Burton on him yeah. just to see how he goes and knowing that you've got Lockie Jones there as well as backup. But I'd be sending Ryan Burton, who's in uh, pretty good form after being in and out of the side a little bit this year. Since he's been back in, he's, uh, he's played really well. So I'd send him straight to Charlie Cameron. Yep, it's going to be a cracking match. Uh, Brisbane v Port around seven six fifty five tonight. Actually, it'll be live on the SEN app and of course your TV screens. Uh, we are here at Harbour Town. People are starting to trickle through Gibber, and the sun is out. So that's fantastic for us because we were quite frankly freezing just before. And we're here for Solitaire Autos, Solitaire Volkswagen, Adelaide's largest range of Volkswagens. I'm excited. Gibber, because after the news, we're talking to one of my favourites, Brenton Sanderson. We've got to get all his uh, strategic thoughts about the upcoming games tonight. It's currently 10 o'clock. City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Wild Peak AT3W All-Terrain Tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Yeah, still trying to get hold of Brendan Sanderson, so he's coming up. But right now, Gibber, uh, I want to have a look at this intriguing game, uh, St Kilda v GWS. This one intrigues me because GWS, for mine, quite clearly have the better talent and the more more star factor players. But you can never write off Ross Lyon because of his finals experience. He knows how to 
steal a win, I reckon, and he knows how to shut a game down. How do you see this one play out? Yeah, it's going to be, uh, as you said, an intriguing battle, and we know what Ross Lyon has done with this St Kilda list. He's, I think he's got them well above where they're, they're actually at, so it's a credit yeah. to him, and I don't think they've spent a week outside the top eight all year. So find themselves in the finals again, which is fantastic to see. Jim Webster uh, plays his 150th game, along with Josh Battle playing his 100th game. Harry Himmelberg plays his 150th game for the Giants. So a few milestones there in this elimination final. Now, look, if it was played at Marvel, I see St Kilda being favourites, but it's played at the MCG. So I'm liking GWS in this one. Uh, As you said, I think, obviously, talent. They, they do have yeah. a lot of talent, but they're, they're hitting their straps at the right time of the year, the Giants. They went on a, an amazing win streak to, to finally make the finals. Um, Josh Kelly, Tom Green, obviously um, in mm. unbelievable form. Those guys are really driving that midfield. Um, Canelio's back to his best as well. So I think Kieran Briggs, he's been one that's yeah. really surprised me and and is playing like a real big man. He, he's Yeah, Mummy Mark too. Yeah. Some people are calling him the second coming of Mumford. Throws his weight around and, <laughs> and just gives his absolute all. So I've been really impressed the way he's going about it. I'm really looking forward to seeing how he goes up against Ryan Marshall. We know um, the quality of Ruckman he is uh, and he is very dangerous. So I'm looking forward to seeing how Kieran Briggs tackles him. Um, Jack Sinclair obviously had an unbelievable year. Nasai Wangani Malira as well. Mm. I think he's he's in in for a big finals game as well, giving the Saints a lot of run and dash off the halfback. But uh, I think this one uh, will be a good game of footy, Tom. Yeah, I reckon it's going to be tight as well. And... uh Ross Lighton did state that their goal for the year was just to explore and see what they had on the list and find out about exactly what he's got at his disposal. So I, I think he's definitely done that, and they're going to be looking to make a few moves in the off-season St. Kilda. A lot of guys on their list, uh, for example, Jade Gresham, may be finding new homes, and I think they're going to invest in youth again because they've got some of those great uh, draft picks through the door in um, Matthias Philippou and uh, Mitch Owens, their rising star boy. He's going to be fantastic. Um, GWS, I'm actually buying stocks on the Giants, just looking closely at their team. The way they play, uh, Adam Kingsley is definitely a fantastic coach, but they've got a great mix of young and old throughout, peppered throughout the whole side. Like you've got the Toby Greens, the Canelio, uh, Whitfield, who's been playing in his best position at halfback this year, and uh, Josh Kelly. So those older types, but you mix them with the young ones like Finn Callahan, Connor Iden, and Tom Green, who's an absolute bull in there. And I think they've actually got a list that's going to have some sustained success. Yeah, I tend to agree with you, Tom. I reckon you've summed that up pretty well. And they've obviously bounced back after what's been a disappointing couple of years. So we know they've tasted finals uh, in recent years, making a grand final back in 2019, I think it was, Tom. So yep. they're, they're certainly a dangerous side once they they make the finals. And they beat Carlton a couple of weeks ago in Melbourne. So as I said, they're, they're hitting their straps at the right time and they can be... They can be a danger, a danger game for, for any team in the finals. Yeah, absolutely, Gibber. Now, uh, Brendan Sanderson, he's actually on the line right now. He, I'm always fascinated with his approach to strategy and, and uh, when he speaks about what makes AFL players tick on the must-listen segment with Jared Waitley every Thursday called Strategy. Good morning, Sando. Have we got you? Yes, good morning, boys. How are you? 
Good morning, Sando. Um, just want to get your thoughts, a couple of words on uh, the games already gone. So obviously a couple of two cracking finals to start this final series. Obviously Colling- Collingwood winning by seven points and Melbourne, uh, sorry, Carlton by six. Uh, what was your summation of uh, the Thursday night game, Collingwood and Melbourne? Oh, it was a ripper. It was so good. I mean, obviously Collingwood got away to that fast start. But um, I mean, if you just purely looked at the numbers, the stats, would point to a Melbourne victory. You know, they played so well in that second half. And I don't know, I just I just thought they bombed the ball a bit too much inside forward 50. I know it was wet here and, you know, the, the, the rain came in sort of an hour before the game and made the game quite slippery. But just lacked a little bit of poise, I think, going inside forward 50, the Demons, and just couldn't quite lower their eyes when it really mattered. Uh, but to have 69 inside 50s to only Collingwood's 37 um, and not win the game, um, it's just an opportunity missed for them. They were so good around the ball too there. Their contest numbers were excellent, but I just thought Collingwood's probably speed and the way that they used the ball a little bit more effectively inside forward 50 was probably the difference in the game. So what do Melbourne do with that forward line? Obviously, that connection just wasn't there and, and they're going to come up against the Blues this week. Do they, do they need to throw something different, throw a Brody Grundy in there to, to just be a beacon for him to kick to? Or we know that's not his preferred position, but their, their forward mix just isn't really working at the moment, is it? No, they've, they've had some issues with that in the first sort of two-thirds of the season, but they sort of got it right the last, probably the last two months of the season. They, they just used the ball a little, better in, a little bit better inside forward 50. But, yeah, I just thought, I thought on Thursday night they just lacked a little bit of that sort of awareness about when to sort of, um, when to sort of honour the lead-up and when just to sort of bash it forward. So um, it looks like they'll miss uh, Van, Van Royen. Um, and, yeah, so who do, they, who do they bring back in? I thought I thought McDonald was OK, but it just like, looked like he... Like he was a little bit sort of slow to sort of get uh, you know the ball from sort of hand to foot, and he'll be better for the run. But um, yeah, it's interesting what they do with Brody Grundy. It's, um, he's, he's not a natural forward, we know that, but he can be a target inside forward fifty, and uh, we know how damaging he can be in the rucks. So whether they sort of play Max Gorn and Brody Grundy sort of fifty fifty percent in the ruck and and sort of slide them both forward at different times, I'm not sure, but. But yeah, they sort of felt like they were the better team on Thursday night, but but just sort of lacked that awareness and that that efficiency inside forward fifty. Yeah, you did mention with Waitley that uh, the inside fifties were going to be a factor in that who got the quality inside fifties, and it's obviously Collingwood. They had half the amount, but theirs were of a much higher quality and more more efficiency in there. Um, just a word, Sando, on Gibbers Blues. They prevailed and. Uh, Bryce is still quite excited this morning. Um, the, the footage of the fans, though, that, that was actually quite good last night. It's just so emotional. that No one quite liked Carlton fans. Um, how did you see that game? Oh, it was a fantastic game. And, and obviously, I guess a little bit like Thursday night, um, Carlton started better. They sort of sort of settled into the final um, a little bit better, I thought. Uh, there was a lot of mistakes early, and obviously players showed a lot of anxiety in front of goal and... There were some opportunities missed for for both teams. But, yeah, the Blues, I just love their midfield. They're, they're, they're so strong around the contest and their clearance work is excellent. Um, you know, I thought Walsh was super. Akers, Hewitt, Chera, they've just got so much talent in that midfield. And when you can get the ball to Kerno um, in sort of low number out numbers, it just makes a massive difference. I thought their smalls were pretty good too. I thought Cottrell was important with his two goals. And a little bit like Thursday night too, I thought the speed of... Of, of Saad and Martin and those sort of players uh, was certainly influential in the final result. But to Sydney's credit, um, they came 
they came back in the second half. Their second half was 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 excellent, and you know Carlton's defence really had to stand up in that in 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 that second half. But it just shows. I just thought maybe the Swans, you know, just played a little bit too cautious, a little bit too safe in that first half. And as soon as they played with a bit more creativity and a bit more dare, um, they sort of looked a better side in the second half. But to Carlton's credit, fantastic win. And you're right, their fans just looked looked like they were so relieved to get a finals win. <laughs> Uh, but there were some nervous moments, certainly in that third quarter and last quarter, when when the Swans were the Swans were really pushing. So they'll play Melbourne next week in what will be another big game, another big crowd expected there, no doubt. Uh, Sando, just a word on the Brisbane Port Adelaide game. Are you looking forward to this midfield battle as much as I am? <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, you know. Uh, Brisbane is such a good side of the Gabba. I think they're undefeated there this year. They're on like eleven game winning streak. Um, it's just a it's just a really hard away game for whatever reason. I know I know sometimes it sort of looks like it's it's dry and it's clear up there, but um, when that sort of dew sets in uh, up at up, up at the Gabba on a night game, it just it makes it, the game really slippery. And I think Brisbane sort of train in those conditions and they handle it really well. Um, I think Porter a chance. I, I mean, I, you have to admire what they've done this year. Um, I don't know there. They had that that sort of thirteen fourteen game win streak where they play they were, they were playing as good a footy as anyone. It's it's just their defence. They they just give up two bigger scores for mine. And um, as much as I love their midfield with Horn Francis and Butters and Rosie, Ollie Wines, um, I mean that's where the game's going to be won tonight because we know how how good Brisbane are around contest and clearance. They're the number one clearance side in the competition and they kick big scores there. They've got those big power forwards in Hipwood and Danaher. Of, who have kicked 90 goals between them uh, this year. And then you've got to worry about the smalls, Ch- Charlie Cameron, uh, McCarthy, Bailey, Rayner. So they, they, are, they are a really dangerous side, the Brisbane Lions. And, you know, Port are going to have to be at their best to create an upset up there. But it's certainly not, it's certainly not um, out of, the, out of, the, out of, out of the, the opportunities for them because, um, I don't know, like Kenny Hinkley's done a fantastic mm. job this year with that team. And, and who knows, they might just create an upset. Hey, uh, Sando, I, I've been a fan of yours watching from afar for a while and I remember this uh, AFL documentary that came out called The Chosen Few and you featured yep. quite heavily in it where they had a l- little bit of footage of you uh, revving up the players, the Crows, before a game. Um, just listen to this audio. I found it fascinating. you got to look in the eye tonight. I'm telling you, it's there. I'm looking at you and I'm feeling it. Now, you've got the look in the eye tonight. I was coaching under-15s girls' side, and I'd actually run out of things to say. So I just walked in and flogged that one, mate, and said, you, you girls have got the look in the eye. I said, I can feel it. I can sense it. Um, didn't quite work as well for me. I, I think the look in their eye was maybe the, uh, wanting to monitor their TikTok. Um, but ju- just a question about that motivational side of coaching. Is it a bit of a chicken and the egg thing? Like sometimes you say you got the look in the eye because you're trying to motivate them. Or did they yep. actually have the look in the eye? <laughs> nah, a bit of both. And it's, it's a bit of an old trick, I guess, from coaches. Because sometimes if you sense there is a bit of anxiety and a bit of stress that if you sort of tell players what, what you were hoping they would feel, they sometimes believe it as well. But, yeah, I don't know. And, you know, um, Bryce would know as well. Sometimes you walk into a dressing room before a game and you just know you're going to win before you even take the field. Yeah, there's just a great energy amongst the group and you can just sort of look around and feel like there's great belief in the group. So, um, yeah, it doesn't hurt. Though. I mean, so, so sometimes, the, particularly the young players, they look to the coach for 
for a sense of calm and a sense of belief. Um, and yeah, I think the body language sometimes of a coach uh, is really important. You know, if you can if you can walk into the change rooms and 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 through your body language show that uh, the players um, or that, that that actually you believe, then quite often that can rub off to the players as well. Yeah, I'm endlessly fascinated with that uh, that motivational space and uh, the mindsets of players. Hey, Sando, thanks so much for joining us today and uh, have a lovely weekend. Enjoy the footy. Uh, thanks, boys. Really, really appreciate it. All the best. That's uh, Brendan, Brendan Sanderson, uh, former Adelaide Crows coach. Uh, some people may forget, but he had them absolutely rolling 2012 uh, when they made the prelim final and lost narrowly to the Hawks. It's 10.15, Gibber. we got to get to a break, and it's a top of 16 degrees in Adelaide today, although right now it's about 10 degrees. City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Wild Peak AT3W All-Terrain Tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Oh, yes, we're coming to you live from Harbour Town. Can pop down and say g'day. The sun's just starting to pop out and a few people milling around, Gibber, getting some of their important shopping. And we're here, of course, for Lumo Energy. Our studio at number one, King William Street, is powered by Lumo Energy SA. Big going on for the SANFL this weekend, Gibber. Yeah, it certainly is. Round two of the Sandful finals. So in the first game, which is in an elimination final uh, against Sturt and Central, uh, and in the, the late game, the top of the table, Glenelg take on the Adelaide Crows. Winner straight to through to the grand final. Uh, coverage with Paul Bonzer and Daniel Menzel. You can listen live on 16.29 or live on the app in crystal clear. Tom, so the Sample finals are heating up? Yeah, very much. So uh, question without notice, how would you feel about the Adelaide Crows Sample team if, if they were to win a final? In this comp, do you, does that feel a bit awkward or weird? Uh, I don't have a problem with it, no. No? Okay. A lot of people do, I reckon. There's a lot of people who just don't think it feels quite right because they're, you know, it's almost like they're the, um, I don't know, the outsiders coming into the comp. But as a Crows fan, i got to tell you, I don't mind it either. Bryce, people, families, uh, all getting around the Royal Show this weekend. I've got a few memories from that joint. Uh, did you go much as a kid? Any memories? We, I reckon, was one of those things we went every second year. It wasn't yeah. an every year thing, but uh, yeah, I do have some memories of, of heading to the show as a youngster. Yeah, I, I, my best memory was going on. You know the gravitron. Oh yeah, yeah the thing that spins around. around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my dad sent my mum on there with me, and uh, she was actually pinned to the wall and uh, saying, "Get me out!" She's having a mild panic attack actually, and um, they almost got a divorce after that, Bryce. <laughs> uh, so that's that's my favourite royal show memory. Will you take the kids to the show? Uh, I won't, but uh, the grandparents will. Pretty expensive this year, by reports. Yeah, it is expensive. I don't miss. It's uh, no, I don't miss it. There's consumerism at its best. Just all this plastic crap uh, around the place. But Gibber, we got to get to a break. It's been a massive final series so far. Both games have lived up to expectations. Your boys getting the chocolates last night by just six points, and Collingwood on Thursday night. It's currently 22 minutes past 10, and a top of 20, 16 degrees today. Sorry. City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Wild Peak AT3W All-Terrain Tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. 
Oh, yes, thanks for joining us. It's been a fun one. You can catch up on the show on our podcast, which will be out uh, later this morning. But Solitaire Volkswagen, Adelaide's largest range of Volkswagens. We have been positioned right in front of this beautiful uh, Volkswagen Touareg Gibber. And uh, I actually need to get a, a family car very soon. And I'm looking very closely at this, and I think it... It's a brilliant car. Yeah, they look sharp. A lot of room <laughs> in them as well. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. I might be in the uh, market for a new car soon. So get down to uh, Solid Air Solid Automotive Air, and yeah. sort, sort us out. They'll definitely look after you down at Solid Air Auto. And, and some of them are like spaceships on the on the interior. You know, they get that blue lighting and uh, it, it impresses the kids. And obviously all, all the modern, um, you know, Wi-Fi, all the plugins for your music and Spotify. Give um, what's on for you for the rest of today? Uh, I've got a little bit on actually. The kids are going to the show, and yeah, uh, yeah I've got a bit of a bit of a catch up with some of the South boys oh, to yeah. uh, celebrate the uh, end of season. The season that was just a bit of a quiet one. Maybe you play a bit of cards. We'll just watch the footy. Yeah, yeah. The pub sounds good, mate. And uh, I want to get your thoughts, your tips, just before we head off on Port Adelaide, Brisbane. What do you think is going to happen here? Yeah, going to be a, a cracking game, I think. Mm. Uh, I, I mean, you, you can't go away from Brisbane and their record at the Gabba. I think Port will be gallant in defeat, but mm. uh, I think I think it's Brisbane's to lose. Yeah, yeah, definitely the pressure is more... One thing that goes for Port Adelaide today is the pressure is all on Brisbane because it's just an expectation for them to win. It's almost... It's not a free hit, but it's along those lines and not as much pressure on Port Adelaide. And what about this weird one, St Kilda v Giants? Uh, how do you see this playing out? I think the bigger spaces at the MCG will suit the Giants a bit more than St Kilda. As I said earlier in the show, if it was at Marvel Stadium, I'd probably tip St Kilda, being a bit easier to defend that ground. We know St Kilda a bit more defensively-minded side. So I just think uh, the run and carry that uh, the Giants possess, I think they can open them up and, and win this one. Yeah, it should be a cracking game, that one. Ross Lyon is surely going to try and shut that one down. Now, did I hear you on a podcast this week making an appearance with your old friend Daisy Thomas venturing across to another network, Bryce? You did hear that. Yes, I'm, I think I'm going to have that looked into because a uh, <laughs> listener are a direct competitor of ours. So I'll just, are they really? Uh, uh, yep, yep, and uh, I'm just going to. I might have to take that one higher up the chain. How is Daisy going? He's uh, he's actually he sounded quite sharp. Yeah, Daisy. he's going well. He's going well, doing uh, plenty of good things in the media space. Yeah, and uh, he's getting married in uh, in the new year coming up. So looking forward to heading over for his wedding. Oh, actually. nice party, tying the knot. Party. Yep, he's uh, sounding very sharp indeed, is Daisy Thomas. Hey, uh, have a good rest of your day, Gibber. And to you guys listening, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the rest of the finals. Uh, The sun's just popping out in Adelaide, so uh, get out there. Enjoy your weekend. That's all from us. We'll catch you next week.